Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Coach Radio. That's audibletrial.com slash Life Coach Radio. And now, here's today's show. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Making Inspired Choices with Coach Linda. I'm your host, Linda Stevens Jones. I'm a certified Christian life coach, and I'm glad that you've taken time out of your busy schedule for the broadcast today. Thanks to all of you who are listening live, and I also like to thank those of you who will listen later to this show as a replay or an iTunes download. Welcome to all of our first-time listeners. It is great to have you all with us today, and I hope you'll subscribe or join my email list so you can get reminders to come back each month on the first and third Tuesdays at 12 noon Eastern. My intention for each show is for you to hear some thought-provoking ideas and questions from me and my guests that ultimately help you to move your life forward. It's all about helping you to make inspired choices. By inspired choices, I mean making the kind of choices and decisions that you contemplated, got quiet, and prayed about where you actually come to some answers that are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Know that as I stated from the beginning of this show last November, this is a community to me. It's a place where you are welcome and accepted, never judged for any reason. I want your takeaway to be encouragement and uplift. Even if you do have some choices to wrestle with, I still want you to be encouraged that you are not alone and that you do have what it takes to move forward in your life. I want to just, again, thank my very special guest on the last show, Ms. Anita Banks. Anita gave a powerful interview. She has endured some hardships that most of us cannot imagine. And yet today, through her faith, she's living life to the full. If you missed that episode, it's filled with inspiration. So it's totally worth it to go back and take a listen. One last note before we jump into today's topic. How have you done in the last two weeks on the Farewell to I Can't Challenge? Remember, on the last show, I challenged each of you for two weeks to replace your I can'ts with I can's. Did you do it? What difference is it making for you? Later, when I open the phone lines, I'd love to hear how you're doing with the challenge. I took it myself. And I must say, I found myself making some change when I felt 
some I can'ts creeping up. Keep going with it, folks. Before you know it, you'll have new habits of believing you can. And now for today's topic, falling forward. Well, the fall is here this week, so fast, but it's already here this week. And of course, we fall back time-wise, I know. But how about we gin up some momentum and energy on some of your priorities by your falling forward? What does falling forward look like? I know it's a little play on words, but I want you to think of this fall taking the kind of actions that move you forward. What does it involve? First, it's getting into the right mindset that you plan to make something that's important to you happen this fall, that you're going to make choices that support your decisions. You'll even set your doubt aside and believe that you have what it takes to make something special happen in your life between now and December. The right mindset, a positive mindset that is, is everything when it comes to your falling forward. Second would be you will take an inventory on the array of things that are on your plate at this time. And then you decide what is one area where you need to make real change? Where do you need to invest more time and action to really see some progress on something that is important to you? Now, I'm not saying that you take the other things off of your plate, but the idea here is that you're going to choose one area to give added emphasis, time, and action. And what that area is, is totally up to you. Anything you decide. Some examples are changing your eating habits. Focus on your overall health. Um, Your family time. It could be Bible study. Curbing your spending. It could be spending more time with people who matter to you, with your friends, with your family. Planning early for the holidays. How about better self-care? Or managing time that you spend on social media. Or, you know, you may even decide to focus on significant life goals that you've put on the shelf because you're so busy, even with things that don't matter so much to you, but you're still so busy. Some examples might be carving out time to attend your child's school performances. Or it could be big things that you have to break down into chunks, like planning the budget, time frame, and itinerary for the dream vacation you've always wanted to take. Or writing a book. Or going back to school or training to prepare for a second career. And for believers in Christ, what about that thing the Holy Spirit keeps nudging you towards 
but you keep resisting and saying, not now. It could be something big or small. The point is that it's something important to you that you want to make a priority. So once you've decided on an area, okay, remember step one is getting in the right mindset. The second step is doing an inventory of all the things you have going on and choosing the one area that you're going to focus on with some extra emphasis and action. Then step three is to build the time into your schedule, like a weekly appointment to take action. Think of it just as you add loads of other things to your calendar. For example, you might create a 30-minute slot on your calendar, say on Monday evenings between 8 and 8.30 each week to focus on your priority. You want to try to formulate it as a goal. That way you can set what you want to accomplish and a by date when you want to accomplish it. That way, each week, you ask yourself, what are one or two steps I can take this week toward my goal? And then you take them. See what I mean? It will move you forward at a much greater pace than when you're not focused and you dabble here, and you dabble there with your time and energy. Steady, consistent action on one of your priorities will allow you to reach December feeling proud of yourself. See the progress that you've made on something important to you. Believe me, as a life coach, I've helped numerous people use this approach and make steady progress toward major goals. And you know what's awesome? You'll be able to replicate the same progress with other areas of your life and hit the new year with a lot of momentum. Okay? Just try it. Call in at the end of the show and tell me what you think about this. I know my guests will have a lot to add to this discussion. Let me introduce her right now. I am so delighted, ladies and gentlemen, to have my special guest today, Ms. Linda Eatman-Jones, my namesake. <laughs> Linda is a native of Ahoshki, North Carolina, and she's been a resident of the Washington, D.C. metro area since she graduated from college. She has over 35 years of experience and expertise in all areas of nonprofit management and operations and for-profit leadership. She has a proven track record in executive leadership, strategic planning, asset management, fundraising, and management with four D.C. metro area nonprofit organizations and she has executive experience in a Fortune 500 company. Linda worked with the Board of Supervisors in Arlington, Fairfax, and Loudoun counties, and with mayors in the cities of Alexandria, Virginia, and the District of Columbia on youth issues. In retirement, 
Linda serves on several local and national boards, serving the needs of the D.C. metro communities and nationally, especially in children's rights advocacy. Linda is currently working on her second book. She holds a B.A. in psychology and a master's in organizational development and knowledge management. Linda and her husband reside in Vienna, Virginia. Their son, a minister, youth director, and youth director, and their daughter-in-law, an elementary school teacher, have given them two beautiful grandkids, ages four and two. That, in a nutshell, is Linda Eatman-Jones. Linda, welcome to the show. It's such a delight to have you as my guest today. Well, Linda, thank you for inviting me today, and I am so happy to be here. (laughs) Well, let's get started. Um, Tell us a little about your growing up years. Well, Linda, as you mentioned, I'm from a very small town in North Carolina, very close to the Virginia border. I am the oldest of five children, and I have a very large, extended, and close family on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean. Being from a small (laughs) town, I went to a one-graded school. This is a type of school that you start in kindergarten or first grade and finish in Mm -hmm. high school on the same school grounds. You just change buildings as you move from elementary to middle school or to high school. I don't think they have those anymore. However, (laughs) that was a great foundation for me because I could get to know and work with successful high school students when I was in grade school. In addition to the academics that you get exposed to, being mixed in groups with older students honed my social and communication skills. It also helped to develop responsibility and independence in me at a very young age. There was always an apprenticeship or an understudy role for almost everything that high school would offer that you could actually participate in before high school. For example, I was in the concert band with high school juniors and seniors when I was only in the seventh grade. Now, family, school, and church consumed most of my life then. I enjoyed all facets of school all the way through college, and that's the truth. I did all the fun things, you know, going to the Virginia beaches during the summer, acting out, playing uh, sports. I participated in a lot of music groups, the concert band, the marching band, the jazz band. And I also was very involved in the community-related groups. I was a Girl Scout, a debutante, like the Jack and Jill programs to learn how to be a lady at teas. I was a voice <laughs> clubber, a camper. But I was also very involved in the church and a lot of church roles as a teen. I loved and excelled in math and science. I graduated with honors. But I really wanted to be a physician. But then when I got to college, I found out there were many, many labs that I don't think I wanted to be a part of. So I settled for the behavioral sciences 
with an undergraduate degree in psychology, and I still maintained my interest in the sciences, so I had minors in the physical sciences. After college, as you, as you mentioned, I moved to the metropolitan area with a job offer in technology and finance. So that was me growing up. Okay. Wow. So so diverse. And I mean, while you mentioned being from a very small town, it sounds like you had just a wide, diverse range of opportunities and activities to be involved with. Um, so that's that's super. Let me ask you. Um, what were a few of your core values? What are a few of your core values today? Well, Linda, I find that my core values have been pretty much the same all of my life, but they continue okay. to evolve for the better, that is, as I grow and learn through life experiences. Overall, mm-hmm. I think it's always been a faith in God and keeping his word. You do that mm-hmm. and everything tends to fall in place. But more specifically, Mm. is family relationships. They are fundamental uh, to me. The courage to be honest. I try to avoid groupthink. I try to know myself within the realm of God's word. Trust, Mm. I believe, has to be earned. My actions should always speak louder than my words. I like to see the glass as half full. Negativity I've found through life is really a blessing killer. And discernment, knowing the difference mm-hmm. between doing things right, which I think is more process-related, and doing the right thing, which is principle and God-centered focus. And also, mm-hmm. I believe God gives us so many things, so we should be a good steward of all the resources that he provides us. So that's kind of where I've come from in my life relative to core values. Wonderful. Thank you. I, I, knowing you as I do, I, I see how you live those values out, Linda. I really do. Um, I, like to, I like to ask guests this question um, because our lives evolve, but, you know, often there are, themes or there are common threads that run throughout our lives. And I I suspect your, as you said, your core values are ones that you've had over your lifetime. Um, has there been any one common theme or thread that has run throughout your life up to this point, Linda? Sure. When I look back and being as old as I am, I have many years to look back on, I find that when I give with an open hand, when I'm expecting nothing in return, not only when I give things, but when I give of myself, I just feel really blessed by God. Also, Mm. I mentioned before about one of my core values has been... um, uh, willing to step out on faith, well, that's what mm-hmm. I also believe. You step out on faith and you stand on principle. Sometimes you may have to do it by yourself, but when you do that, mm-hmm. God has a plan for you. And also, 
threaded in all of this is experiencing gratitude for the small things in life. Mm. Mm. Say more about that in terms of giving gratitude for the small things, Linda. Probably um, when I was going through my battle uh, with cancer, which um, in the spring of 2014, I had many severe rashes on my back and swelling of the lymph nodes under my neck. I mean, you couldn't make a distinction between my chin and my neck and throughout my Mm -hmm. body. I was really miserable. And I've had many tests and biopsies to help find out the cause. I was on antibiotics, topical creams, but nothing seemed to work. After nearly (laughs) fainted one early morning in August, I was hospitalized for a week and diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, a cancer of the blood and bone marrow. During that week, I underwent every possible test to establish what the problem was. even had a pint of cancerous fluid drawn from my left lung that had been there for quite a while. And I actually had been living off of one lung for a long time. Needless to say, I was at a very low point, wondering what all this meant and what all the tests meant. This is a time where you really have to change your focus on you and look to God to help you to see what is it that you can do. And one of the things that I felt that I could do is to appreciate the moment in time that I was in there. And so as I moved through the various tests and actually went into chemotherapy, I felt that this battle was a battle that I needed to listen to God so he could help me through that. And for me, mm-hmm. it was appreciating many of the little things, like the results from the pretest to determine if my body was ready for chemo. They were always positive. Mm-hmm and I did not have to postpone any sessions. I had little or no side effects doing chemo. I always Mm -hmm. felt well enough to continue the work I had planned for the time in between the chemo sessions. I could enjoy time without feeling tired, like most people were saying, with my family, Mm -hmm. grandkids, friends, and colleagues. That focus to being grateful for the little things changed the way I perceived my progress through chemo. I became grateful for where I was in any given span of time. I wasn't focusing so much on if the chemotherapy was working, but just enjoying the little things in life that God gave me. Hmm. Wow. That that is quite a lesson that um, I hope all of the listeners and I myself as well need to just reflect upon if we're just in a state of gratitude about the little things. I mean, if you could rise up to be grateful for little things in the midst of life-threatening illness, it's a practice that we all should make a part of our day-to-day life, I I think. Um, as As you talked about that, I I will say to our audience, I know you've had just tremendous success in the corporate sector as well as the private sector, and 
you give the best Christmas parties in the world. <laughs> I mean, we Thank adults you. feel like we adults feel like children again when we're at your Christmas parties and in the Christmas wonderland of your home. <laughs> um, some of what you just shared about your illness, I imagine many people did not even have any idea what you were going through because you just pressed through the the illness so so amazingly. Um, that had to be kind of one of your, or would you say that was one of your real low points in life or one of the major challenges in your life? Uh, yes, it was. Um, I don't necessarily know that I felt anything more than each day I would say that I knew that I was not in this battle alone, that God was in the battle with me. And as I said my daily prayers, I would always focus on that. So then that could help me get up and decorate a Christmas tree for you guys, Linda, and and other things in life. If you just can put your focus on where God is and what he has for you, I don't want to say Mm -hmm. that what has happened in your life at the time goes away, but it does change your focus. And one can see the glass as half full instead of half empty. Mm-hmm. So that goes back to your core values. So you were already a person who lived that, lived the glasses half full, and um, I suspect um, practice gratitude and faith obviously was a center um, or an anchor for you. So when you met this major challenge, you were able to go through it just using everything in your, those things already in your arsenal, it sounds like. Is that yes, right? I, that, that is so right. Because uh, even though uh, the type of cancer I had was Hodgkin's lymphoma, and it's one of the most curable forms of cancer, but I was still very mindful that all cancers should be taken very seriously. So then mm-hmm. this, this is where, even though I felt that I could do some things, I still had to realize that this was a serious struggle that I was going through. And in going through mm-hmm. that struggle, if you look at life, even though it may sound a bit trite, is that you just look at the blessings that God's already given you and mm-hmm. others that you know then that could be all the difference that you may need for that one moment to get to the next moment or the next Mm. day. Yes. Just just shifting your focus, it sounds like, to how God has already blessed you. I like like that a lot, Linda. Um, Well, let me ask you this. When you were in the middle of this challenge, you know, and dealing with Hodgkin's lymphoma, do you recall ever feeling doubtful or uncertain about how to move forward? 
Oh, yes, without a doubt. And the kinds of things that allowed me to stay focused or move forward was faith. Faith has always allowed Mm -hmm. me to take on things I could not see the way through. I learned Mm -hmm. early in life how to trust without having an answer or the way lays out for you in detail. You just have to remember what God has already done for you in the moment before or the day Mm. before. And when you do that and you give thanks and praises for those blessings, he'll never give you more than you can bear. And I continue to have a blessed life, I feel, with family, friends such as yourself, career, health. Mm. I attribute that to my faith in God and trying to live in accordance to his word. Trust me, like anybody else, I stumble every day. But that's why Mm -hmm. I start to stay out on my knees in prayer because I know that Mm -hmm. once I look heavenward with whatever it is I'm feeling or dealing with, not that the answer is going to be a terrific, great answer, but I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. If you're aware of what faith can do for you, you go back to it each time because God is same today as he was yesterday, and he will be forever. Mm. I tell you, that you have that kind of faith to hold on to is, I mean, that is such a testimony of the power of faith. You know, I know in our listening audience, there are times when we have uh, listeners who don't yet have that kind of faith. You know, I will just say that or speak on behalf of, because I've heard this, sometimes people say, yeah, I I have faced some serious medical challenges. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to make it from day to day with the kind of side effects I have from the treatment or um, some of the ways that this illness has affected me. But I feel that I'm all by myself and I don't know how to start a relationship with Christ or to build that kind of faith. What would you say to a person who says that, Linda? You know, I think that we all have had days that we felt that, even those of us who are believers. And I I read this myself. I ask God, to come into my life, and it may be back into my life. And then mm. it, it, it really is just that. You just find your space. You just ask him to come into your life. He knows what the situation is already. And then you mm-hmm. have to stay in prayer because when you invite him in to your life, guess what? Mm-hmm. He'll show. So you've got to be prepared for that. Mm. Because he will come. He will show up, absolutely. Mm. So sometimes maybe we ask him in but aren't ready for what it means, huh? <laughs> Correct. So you have to be prepared. Mm. Would you say, would you give an example of that, Linda? If there is anything that you can think of that would kind of further enlighten our listeners of when you say, when you ask God to come into your life, you need to be prepared or for him showing up? 
Um, probably in a lot of work that I do and have done. Um, as you mentioned in reading my uh, bio, I've worked in a lot of um, nonprofits, one in particular, Suicide Prevention, and mm-hmm. uh, where I actually did a lot of praying for the people that we served. But for me mm-hmm. specifically, in my daily prayers, I always ask for direction, discernment, and discipline. I call them the three Ds. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is that when you ask for those things, for me, those three things, because people can ask for different things, the being prepared part is what I find sometimes difficult to do. It's then I have I start to listen because you have to practice focus on knowing when God is answering my prayers so that I know that the word is coming from him. So I guess you can mm-hmm. see I focus by listening. Uh, discipline mm-hmm. is something else I pray for. It helps me to listen because God speaks to you in a lot of different ways. And sometimes mm-hmm. you have to observe things that you ask him for. You may have asked him mm-hmm. for whatever, and it will appear from uh, for you, but it may be through somebody else. So you have to be mm-hmm. able to recognize the answers to your prayers. And that's why mm-hmm. I pray for discernment. And when I'm listening, I can see and hear what God, God is saying. But you have to be able to listen. And then I'll take that to a tangible thing in life. For example, I am writing another book. As you mentioned, I wrote one before. And yes. typically when I start when I start any effort, I will develop a project plan or approach, and sometimes I'm able to do it in one of the Microsoft tools or a spreadsheet. Uh, But even in doing that, I sometimes will need to be refocused because, you know, life happens. Many things happen Mm -hmm. in life. And so Mm -hmm. I need to know where am I supposed to be versus where I currently am today. So I will then use that discipline to go back to God and invite him back into my life to say, can you help refocus me? You gave me the direction. I started doing something. You gave me discernment. So I figured out that I needed to do a project plan and et cetera. But this was short on today, so can you help me with that? And then mm. you just, and God comes to you, and then you're able to see what He's asked, what you've asked Him to do. Whether I'm asking for a thought, sometimes I'll see something that will blast across the internet, and I go, "Oh, that's what I need." Sometimes it's mm-hmm. in when I'm parked in my car, I'll see something. You have to keep your eye on what you ask God to give you because it's there in front of you. Mm. Audience, I hope you are really gaining some insight with what Linda is sharing. When when we pray for his presence or when we pray for him to come into our lives, we have to start really paying attention at the 
variety of ways that he may be showing himself. And I love, Linda, how you emphasize we have to listen and we, and we have to observe because he will show himself in different ways and it is not necessarily going to be a, a megaphone blast from the sky, is it? <laughs> That's correct. I, I like that. It, it's, it's tuning in and just watching how the very things that you pray for are going to show up. That That's powerful. I want to go back to something for a moment. I, I want you to talk about your, your first book also, but since you mentioned your work life um, and some of the kind of work that you've done with nonprofits, if you would just, you know, reflect back for a moment over your work with nonprofits, um, well, over your work life, what are a couple of your fondest memories, Linda? Since I've worked both in the for-profit and non-profit, I think my fondest mm-hmm. memories have come from uh, the non-profit uh, organizations that I have served as executive directors in the metropolitan area. As I mentioned before, okay. I was executive director for suicide prevention, um, asset mm-hmm. development for wealth generation for minority neighborhoods in D.C., a nonprofit uh, in Virginia that met the challenges of daily living by providing food, clothing, emergency, financial assistance, et cetera, to the residents in that area. But regardless mm-hmm. of which one it was, the joy that I would see in the faces of the people being served as they realize that there is some good in the world and there are mm-hmm. some good people. And from that, you can move them to a spiritual relationship. That was mm. just wonderful for me. Whether it was saving someone from the brink of taking their life or providing mm-hmm. diapers for a teen mother or advice mm-hmm. to a kid who's never had one before or seeing a family become financially able to qualify for a home loan, just that mm-hmm. story and helping to move them to the next level of what goodness means and also how to pay forward because many of them Mm -hmm. start to do things not only to assist themselves but to assist others. Also, one final thing that was a great memory and still is now, is those jobs afforded me to get to know hundreds of volunteers who worked for the nonprofits, their commitment, their dedication, trustworthiness, mm-hmm. and love for helping people just off the charts. There are over mm-hmm. 7,600 nonprofits in this area that are doing just those good things every day. There are a lot of people trying to make a difference each day. I was proud to be with them. Awesome, Linda. Awesome. I And I... I totally relate to what you're saying about volunteers. I I am amazed amazed at what people give of their hearts and energy um, in support of others. Sometimes when I have that opportunity as well, it's just amazing to see. And it's very inspiring as well. Well, as you know, we are falling forward this month, and I'd love to hear 
Um, what is one priority that you're focused on this fall? Well, as I mentioned before, uh, when I wrote my first book, I sort of got the idea that maybe I could do another one. And so uh-huh. I write a book about social media and how it can foster or promote gratitude. This is spiritual gratitude in kids in an era where social media dominates every aspect of their lives and our lives. Now, this requires me to do a different type or approach for preparation for this audience. I will do uh, some focus groups for elementary kids or mm-hmm. uh, middle school kids and probably high school. Even though I've done okay. a lot of work supporting kids over the years, I think this is mm-hmm. going to be a challenge for me because I want to present mm-hmm. the book through their eyes and write something that will be helpful and, rele- and, and relevant to them. So social media mm-hmm. and how it's used by youth will be a big part of my research this fall. And just just to clear. Uh, clarify for the audience. You said you want the book to be focused on how um, children can be in a state of gratitude more. Is that mm-hmm. what I understood? Yes. Uh, Fantastic. I think, yeah, I, I think that there have been lots of ways that kids look at gratitude, and I think a lot of it might be more a mimic form in the sense that just like with my kids and grandkids, et cetera, you tell them, say thank you. Say, mm-hmm. you know, tell them you appreciate that. I'd like to mm-hmm. get more into what can happen so that it comes from within them and not so much mm-hmm. externally from being prompted by people to tell them to do things. Mm. Where it, yeah, how do you recognize Self-recognition. Self mm-hmm. mm. And what age, what ages are you targeting with your book? I'm going to go from age 4 to age 18. Wow. Okay. Um, what is your general time frame on getting your new book published, Linda? Do you, is it too early for a general time frame, or when would you like to see it published? Now, remember, I said you need discipline, too, when you pray to God. So in doing the work plan, <laughs> I have uh, <laughs> I have the spring of next year, which would be somewhere between April and May of 2017. Okay, okay. Well, we, we will lift you in prayer that um, you are able to get your project plan um, or all of the pieces of your project plan moving as needed for you to bring that um, that emphasis on gratitude type of book for kids to fruition by next spring. And um, I'd love to have you back to talk about it. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, and tell us about your first book. Tell us what that book was about. Okay. My first book... Uh, it's named um, A Touchstone. It was published in May of this year, and it's an inspirational biography about my husband and the incredible family legacy he was born into. Much of it was told through essays written by family, friends, and colleagues. Most of mm-hmm. us have heard old 
cliche, it's not where you come from, but it's where you're going to let people know that they are not limited mm-hmm. by one thing in their past or choices made in life. However, in my mm-hmm. husband's I think it was the reverse. Where he came from, which is a great story, this definitely shaped where he went and molded the person he is today, a very successful person. And I want to share that story from that perspective. The lessons that are taught by our ancestors that go from each generation to help us to be successful in what we do. And Earl has mm-hmm. three strong generations that I was able to draw from to actually uh, present that. My hope is that his life story and the legacy of his ancestors would be an inspiration for anyone in any stage of their life to realize that they can do what he has done. Awesome. That is that is super. Um, we have a copy of the book, and we love it. Tell, tell the audience the name of the book, please. Uh, the name of the book is Touchstone, T-O-U-C-H-S-T-O-N-E. And, and it really means that Earl has become a touchstone, a person that people go to for uh, being a role model for all the good things that mm-hmm. they would like to be done in their lives. And that's how I came up with the title. Mm. Excellent. It's an excellent work of love and inspiration, Linda. Thank you. Thank you just for our being able to witness what you poured into um, that recognition of who your husband is and and just that um, now there is a permanent uh, recognition of that powerful legacy that can inspire many other families, definitely. Now, <clears throat> I want to just have time for our audience to get in on our discussion here, but, you know, what you've shared already really reminds us that we all have had or are having stressful or hard times to cope with in our lives. I I greatly appreciate your being so open and transparent today, and I know that someone listening is gaining a lot to reflect upon right now. So what I want to do right now is invite our listeners to join in our conversation. Listeners, you know that I invite guests who will share their personal stories, their lessons, and inspired choices. And the whole intention is to uplift and encourage you. So we want to hear from you right now. I'm inviting you to call in. Let us know your thoughts or questions um, about something that you want to work on this fall, identifying one area you want to work on, or any ideas that you want to share with other listeners or questions for Linda or myself. To join us, call at 1-646-716-9300. Nine seven. That's one six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. We will give our callers a chance to queue up, but Linda, I'd love to keep asking you questions if that's okay. <laughs> sure. 
you um you know you are you are obviously keyed or tied to paying attention to things to be grateful for as you look back over twenty sixteen so far what um was one of your most gratifying moments in this year so far? I have an idea, but please <laughs> It probably is being able to surprise my husband with a book that took me almost a year to complete. And to see the expression of gratitude on his face, uh, face was just overwhelming. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, can, I can say in terms of just getting to see uh, Earl get that uh, personal loving recognition where you invited many, many of us to come together for that occasion. It was so spectacular, I think, for all of us to witness him receiving his flowers while he lived. It was so beautiful. <laughs> um, yes. What, uh, what about that, um, that occasion when you think back about it um, I know, I know. For Earl, it was probably an out-of-body experience <laughs> because you had you brought a "this is your life" moment to him, didn't you? Well, he is there said anything? so, and so did you guys. Yes. I was going to say, is there anything in particular that you'd love to share with our audience from that um, that wonderful gathering? But I, I think that when I personally looked around the room and I saw mm-hmm. how many people that were there because mm-hmm. of Earl, and which means that the life that one lives can speak for itself. And there, mm-hmm. everybody that I contacted, Linda, they were just so thrilled to be involved, which is another lesson in life of, of gratitude. You can show gratitude by inclu- by including people, by inclusiveness. Uh, mm-hmm. I felt grateful that people wanted to be a part, and they felt grateful for being asked. And that's something I didn't realize before this year. Mm. How about that? Yeah. Mm. So never forget well, that. Just a small request to ask someone to be a part of something can be a difference too. That can be an act of act of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Well, I relate because we we certainly felt very very special and privileged to be a part of that event, and just the love in the room was so palatable. I must say, it was just so palatable. <laughs> that um, it was. I want to, you have two awfully adorable grandkids, and I know they are um, just a center of your life. I want to give you a moment to just tell us a little bit about them. And and also, what are they teaching you? That's the other part of that question I wanted to ask. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to try real hard to make it a moment because when you have kids or grandkids, it's hard to contain it. Uh, I do have two beautiful grandkids, ages two and four, as you mentioned. 
And they are mm-hmm. such a joy. I am happy to be able to be in their growing up years life as a grandparent mm-hmm. and also close mm-hmm. to them physically because in many instances, you know, the way we live today, you could be 2,000 miles apart from family. Mm-hmm. I enjoy mm-hmm. working as a co-oper in my granddaughter's, the two-year-old nursery school. Uh, last year I read storybooks at my grandson's class doing story time. Uh, I had the opportunity to take both to music, uh, lessons, and sports, soccer, karate, swimming, visits to the zoo, <laughs> summer vacation, but just hanging out with them, not with any of this other stuff around, and observing their innocence has been wonderful. And that leads to the lesson. Their innocence and trust has taught me to really believe in Matthew 6, passages 25 to 34. I call them the do not worry passages. If God Mm. has an eye on the sparrow, he is watching over me the same way I watch over them. They never have to worry because they know Grammy is there. And that's the way God is with us. What a what a beautiful um, what a beautiful analogy that the way grandkids can be carefree because they know they are taken care of or everything is is taken care of that that's the same way God is watching even the sparrow. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna hold that. I <clears throat> I'm gonna hold that. Myself, I appreciate that greatly. Thank you. Good. That innocence, that innocence is super special to see, and the carefreeness of how they live, isn't it? <laughs> yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a worry. Let and, me give. Me take, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead, Linda. No, I was only about to say that in most situations in life, um, it's difficult to do that swap, to say that someone is looking over me the same way that I look over someone here. And God does that. Mm -hmm. He is the Grammy for me the way that I am the Grammy for them. Mm -hmm. That That is the kind of relationship that we all, I I would I would venture to say that we all want that someone is taking care of us and looking out for us every every moment of every day to the point that we don't even have to worry. We don't have to think about um, our needs. Mm. Audience, if you want to get in on this conversation, please feel free to call in at 1-646-716. Nine three nine seven. That's one six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. Sometimes our callers are a little shy, um, Linda, and do not join right in. But um, we have a few more minutes. So I want to ask, um, you know, this. Uh, 
season of your life where you have you have gone through the major challenge of um, the treatment of Hodgkin's lymphoma. You have uh, come out healthily and on top of that, and we thank God for that. And you have successfully written a book that honors your husband and his legacy and you have another book already in the works for next spring. I don't know. I don't know if you can even boil it down to a thing, but <laughs> what what do you enjoy most in this season of your life? Not necessarily a thing, but just what about this season makes you uh, most joyful? Uh, yeah, I I was just thinking when you were talking, knowing. Knowing that you that I can have a relationship with God that is free and open, so I live in a country where I can actually be with believers, fellowship with them, to reinforce what I know and how I can use my gifts to better the world around me. This, I think, is a season that is sort of come together for me. You spend a lot of time in your early years, you know, trying to get to where you want to be, whether it's another promotion mm-hmm. at work, whether it's starting a family, whether it's buying a car, a house, mm-hmm. etc. We spend a lot of years doing that. So mm-hmm. when those things are done, then mm-hmm. I think we all can sort of take pause, be still, listen, and then reflect on how we can utilize the gifts that God has given us, resources, et cetera, to better not only ourselves, the world around us, but also give back to God. Mm. I really appreciate what you're saying. I, um, I am keenly attuned to, as a coach, encouraging and inviting and challenging people even to discover what their gifts are if they don't already know and to find where they can use those gifts um, in service. So I I greatly appreciate that. We have a caller on the line, my favorite caller as a matter of fact. (laughs) Caller at 703-887. Press 1 and you're on live with us. Good afternoon, Coach Linda. Hi. Hello, hello, Linda Eatman-Jones. Hello. Well, hello to you. Well, good afternoon. I tell you, I I, I don't want to be the first caller when, whenever I'm, I'm listening and uh, to the program, but, you know, I try to uh, let others call in because, you know, I, I sit and I, I hear so many great, great things, great nuggets of inspiration that, that all of the guests on Linda's show have provided. And today, um, you didn't let me down. <laughs> Thank you. You did not let me down. And I must say, I'm just really, really moved uh, uh, by, by so many, so many of the things that you've said in such a major way. Um, one, one of the first things I was moved about was um, that we we should be in a, a state of gratitude about the little things that, that God has given us. That that is very very powerful, very powerful, you know. 
and and especially as you were pressing through, you know, Hodgkin's lymphoma, you know, just just remembering mm-hmm. that um, you were not in the battle alone. Okay, that that God was was with you, and and I recall when, you know, back in 2011, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and and um, and Linda helped me to understand that you know I was not in the battle alone, that, that God and, and she and others were there with me. You you, you mentioned about you know uh, living um, that the glass is, is is half half full, but that that mindset mm-hmm. that. That helped me to press on as well, and and about sh- shifting focus mm-hmm. to God and how He has already blessed us uh, during during our conditions, and that He will never uh, give us more than than we can bear. You know, also that you mentioned that you know even though we even as Christians we 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 stumble you know today, but but there's God, there 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 is God. You know, our faith in in Him. You know. You know, it's power. It's really power. And, and thank you so much for enlightening us with with those and so many, many other wonderful things that you you've shared with us today. Thank you so much. And and as Linda said, I want to thank you for for allowing you know us to be a part of of your sharing, um, <laughs> uh, sharing the great touchstone with us in that wonderful celebration mm-hmm. to your husband. <laughs> That, that was really, really fantastic. Really fantastic. Thank you so much for, uh, for that. Thank you so much for all you've you've done and all that you're doing for so many, and for what Earl is also doing for so many. And I just want to say, um, you know, just want to extend, you know, blessings, um, you know, for you and Earl, and that God will continue to shine His His light upon you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Okay. We have another caller um, on caller at 478-714-prefix. Press 1 and you're on live with us. Hello, Linda and Linda. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to call in and say thank you to both Linda's. Linda, uh, thank you for continuing this service, this wonderful service that you offer to the general public, um, how it encourages and strengthens us to keep moving forward. Thank you, Linda, for your story today, sharing your story and Mm -hmm. your testimony. It is so encouraging, and there were just so many great little nuggets that you passed on to help me, encourage me, and strengthen me in two of my favorite ones, faith and gratefulness. So I just couldn't resist the opportunity to call in and say thank you. You know, so many times people hold back and won't share, but it's the sharing that that encourages us and helps us to continue to move forward each and every day, not only when we're down, but just as much so as when we are well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, caller. Absolutely. You know, that is that is spot on because that sharing, which is the whole premise for the show, um, and that caller, thank you, caller, that caller, you know, kind of spoke to the heart of why I'm doing the show is to facilitate letting people like yourself, Linda, to share stories so that our listeners know 
whatever they are going through or have been through, others have faced similar circumstances. But it is by faith that, and I heard you say that loud and clearly, it has been by faith in God that you've really been able to deal with the challenges, stay grateful, and to keep going forward. That's true. That's true. In most situations in life, I felt that prayer plus gratitude equals peace. Amen. I like that. Prayer plus gratitude. gratitude because when mm-hmm. prayer keeps up with gratitude, our eyes are then open to see God's grace and mercy. Then things just start to fall in place. I, you know what I love is how you have a very matter-of-factness about um, God's presence, his power, you know, his, his grace toward us. You, you speak of it very matter-of-factly, and I know it's because of what you have experienced. So thank you. Thank you for how you have um, put it just in very practical terms. I, I love that formula, and I, I hope that our audience is taking that down. Prayer plus gratitude equals peace. Mm-hmm. And we are all looking for that, aren't we, for to be in a state of peace. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, we do not have any other callers on the line. I will give the number out again just in case. Um, and if there's been any caller that's had difficulty getting through, my apologies, but the lines are open now. You can call us at one 646 716 9397. Linda, um, this has been um, just heart opening, eye opening, head opening, all of the above today. Um, and as I said, I am particularly touched at how practically and matter of factly you speak about the part that faith and God play in enduring, meeting challenges, and moving forward. Oh, and we have another caller who wants to get in on the conversation. Caller at 703-380-prefix. Press 1 and you're on the line. Caller at 703-380-prefix. Hello. I would just like to say I have enjoyed listening to both Linda's today. You both have been inspirational, and you provided us with so much uh, knowledge and faith-based material. Can you hear me? Yes. 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 Thank you. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if I had this one right, but um, sorry, I think I had them in wrong. I was just like. Say the basis of the knowledge that you all have provided for gratefulness for those small things certainly is in all our lives. If we only stop for a moment and allow God to speak to us through so many small incidences around you, the flying of a butterfly, mm-hmm. the softest tone of a person's voice, the coolness mm-hmm. of breeze on your face, 
the wind, when it's even harsh, can also make you feel and understand how great he is and how awesome he is. And here Mm. is the testimony of uh, Linda uh, Jones sharing so so warmly and so open, mm-hmm. openly about her circumstances of looking at life in the little small moment that she had. Every step of the way, she kept her eye focused on the small, small steps that would help her get to the moment where she is now. And I just thank you both for providing that information. And I have enjoyed your program my first time, and I will return. Thank you. Thank you so much, Caller. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Have a great day. Well, Linda, that that person I think uh, you, you set the stage for that person to be touched by or be reminded of all the little ways that we and things that we can be grateful for. So that that is something very special. And I am sure I speak for many listeners when I say that is a lot of encouragement and uplift to take into the rest of uh, this week and into the fall. So... Thank you. Thank you very, very much for being my guest today. And do you have any parting words that you'd like to share, Linda, before we wrap up today? Well, you know, one of my favorite mantras um, during some of my difficult times is from Kurt Franklin's song, Smile. Uh, I'm quite sure that most people have heard the song, but... In that song, Mm -hmm. you have to listen real close when he says this. He says that the day may not be perfect, but it still has purpose. And Mm -hmm. when I heard that a long time ago, that has become one of of my favorite mantras. When I'm struggling with something, I go, God, the day may not be perfect, but it still has purpose. And I got to hang in there and find that purpose. Absolutely. Fantastic. You know, I don't I don't know that line in that song, so now I have to go back and listen to that song. I have it yeah, downloaded on Yeah, it's kinda of buried in there because you hear all of the you know, the smile, the smile, the smile. And then mm-hmm. I was and it was not the first time that I listened to it that I heard it. And this goes mm-hmm. back to having God in your life and let him direct you. And I go, wow, that's exactly what I needed. He showed up once again, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) Oh, well, you have uh, just been a remarkable guest and poured so much into the audience and myself today. I know that what you shared will be helpful to many, and we pray it will result in someone making inspired choices in their own lives. So thank you again, Linda. And do you have any shout-outs before we close, Linda? Uh, Well, first of all, I'd like to do a shout-out to you for the time and energy and the spiritual gift that you have that you put into this. So I want to say to all of those that are listening, uh, 
Linda Stevens-Jones is really, really a very gifted person, and I just commend and love what she's doing. And I ask for blessings for you to continue to do what you're doing. So I think that that's probably good enough because I pray every day for, you know, the rest of the gang, the family. They know that. Okay. Um, that is so nice of you. Thank you so much um, for everything and for all that you have shared with us today. Um, to our listeners, thank you for tuning in today. If you or someone you know has a story that you want to share, please email me at Linda on lcrn at gmail.com. That's Linda on lcrn at gmail.com. Ladies out there, if you or anyone you know is interested in the benefits of coaching, you can contact me about my Six Inspired Choices program, and it is offered via teleconference and Skype, so it's convenient but it's more importantly confidential and it's constructive. Go to my website, www.lindastevensjones.com, to learn more about Christian coaching and to schedule a complimentary discovery session. I want to myself give give two shout-outs. One, to an amazing young lady who was a guest on my show back in February when we were discussing the topic of forgiveness, Dr. Alicia Mobley. I had the pleasure of having dinner with her as she was here in um, D.C. on business. I had the pleasure of having dinner with her last night, and I just uh, applaud who she is as a woman in Christ. I also want to give... A huge shout-out to Lonnie Bunch and his team and every single contributor to the phenomenal new National Museum of African American History and Culture. I believe every visitor will be moved by what they see and experience in the museum. Thank you, Lonnie Bunch and team. I hope each of you heard something from us today that encouraged you. Please remember to help me spread the word about this broadcast, and you can share the link for the show replay. And lastly, mark your calendars and set your smartphones to tune in for the next broadcast on October 4th, right here at 12 noon. Until then, stay blessed.